And welcome back to another edition of Longer with Lester. It is a podcast series where we try to delve a little bit deeper in t- into some of the interesting people that we have in this country and around the world. It's a longer form interview where we try to ask a bit more personal questions and we try and have a conversation uh, about the person's career, their thoughts on the world, and also where are we heading to as a country as well as where we're heading to as a society overall today's guest i have such a pleasure of introducing it's voter kellerman he is uh, a multi-award winning south african musician a grammy award nominee and winner and also has collaborated with some of the most inspiring musicians around the world voter kellerman having won grammys nominated for grammys multi Sama Award winner and also has performed for very, very interesting, powerful and influential people around the world. He now joins me on the line. Voter, thanks so much for uh, deciding and agreeing to talk to us. I really appreciate it. and I'm very, very honored to chat to uh, not only a Sama Award winner, but also a Grammy Award winner. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Lester, for having me. Uh, yes, I'm very excited to be talking to you. I I remember an interview I heard with uh, Jamie Foxx, the actor, also musician. Uh, he won an Academy Award and he said that he doesn't keep his Academy Award statuette at home. He doesn't want it anywhere that he can that he can see it and is reminded. He's obviously very proud of his accomplishments, but he says it puts a lot of pressure on one to keep on performing and to win another one. Where currently is your Grammy Award? <laughs> yeah, actually, it's very ironic, but my Grammy Award is still in its box that it arrived in. <laughs> yeah. it, it, the same reason as Jamie Foxx gives? <laughs> no, we just... We, we never got around to, you know, I wanted to make like a spot in my studio where I can kind of a nice spot to put it. And uh, I just never got around to it because it's been a roller coaster ride since then. It's been so busy. Mm. So I just never got around to actually put it on, uh, you know, showcasing it somewhere. <laughs> now, you were a 2014 Grammy Award winner. You won the Best New Age album uh, for that particular year. Were you in yeah. Los Angeles to, to accept? Did you, did you manage to uh, rub yes. shoulders with, uh, you know, the, the brightest and, and most important stars in, in our musical world? Yes, uh, it, was, it was just an incredible experience. We actually started going to the Grammys two years before that mm. uh, because we started... Uh, doing a lot of touring in the U.S. So we try we, and we became members of the uh, Recording Academy in the U.S., which is the the, the body that, that manages the, the Grammys. And I became a voting member there and um, started going to the Grammys. It's just, just so exciting to be part of that whole process. And then in 2014, when we were, just when we got, were nominated, it was just an absolutely a dream come true. You know, it's... It's music's biggest prize. You know, in the acting world, there's the Oscars, there's the Golden Globes, there's the Cannes Film Festival. But in music, there's, there's only the Grammys. Um, and so it's, it's a huge, you know, for us musicians, it's just a, uh, and, and if you're South African, it mm. seems like an impossible dream. Now, you won for the best new album with uh, Ricky Kedge. It was a collaboration on that album. Um, 
new age music, world music. For me, that is a category which I think mainstream music doesn't necessarily know where to place. It is something that is often described as ethnic music in terms of it, it fits no particular place in mainstream music. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very big fan of what is not considered mainstream, but how would you you know, categorize the, the role, the place, the understanding of what mainstream describes as new age or world music? Yeah, there's the two different categories actually: world music and new age. And in this, in that, in that, on that album, it's actually a combination of world and new age music. But new age music is music that's very peaceful in general. Um, and uh, world music is basically has often got ethnic links to, um, you know, to ethnic, uh, you know, roots music. And uh, so basically, it means something that's not pop and not classical. <laughs> not jazz, <laughs> and the rest is mostly uh, ethnical music. It's actually a huge category of music, yeah. and it's a beautiful um, music that that has come along for the music that we've built on for thousands of years. You know that uh, the uh, the ro- the roots has been um, are very deep mm-hmm. of that music. Yeah, it's it's a difficult category to to define, and through that, yeah. a lot of styles, lots of influences get thrown into one big mix. Look, you're up against a monolith of mainstream pop music. Is it a little bit unfair to 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 be throwing in all different strands, all different variations of what would consider music with ethnic influences that is considered not mainstream to throw them into one big category and all these world musicians and I uh, um, who are in Africa for example, or South America, yeah. all get thrown into this one category, all vying for one award. Is, is that necessarily fair? You know, in this yeah, in this in this industry that we call music. Yeah, I mean, it it is. It's the um, uh, you know, like you say, all the South African uh, the African musicians compete with the Indian musicians, compete with the flamenco musicians, compete with the tango musicians. The, those are or can compete with the Irish. Celtic music; um, those are all world music categories. So it's a, you know, it's a very, very big category. Um, and but yeah, that's kind of what happens at the Grammys. Um, you know, the in 2015 I was nominated again for contemporary instrumental um, album, mm. and that's that's similar. Like all all instrumentalists get um, put into one category. So whether you play the violin or whether you're a guitarist or a, a drummer or a flute player or a pianist, um, everybody competes in the same category. And so it does, uh, it does make it very hard. Now, yeah. you're a classically trained flautist. Um, you know, I, one of my, I have very few regrets, but I, I regret giving up uh, studying and training for music when I was in early high school. I was in that period where I had to start to make decisions on which sort of streaming to go into. And unfortunately, I decided to go into journalism and, and, and history and music were in the same stream. So I had to make a decision. So 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 yeah. not continuing with, with, with musical training is a, is, is a little bit of a sore spot. 
for me. But when you're starting out as a child, whether you are, you know, coerced by your parents or whether you are, you know, just develop a passion very from a very young age, did you ever see yourself, you know, from studying and, and training uh, with the flute to, to becoming a Sama, a Grammy Award winner, performing for presidents and, and, and prime ministers around the world? Um, uh, I, I didn't even uh, sort of think about it when I was little. I, I just loved playing, you know, and I knew I knew it was something I would never stop doing. Mm. You know, from, from the first day when I started playing the flute, um, I just absolutely loved it and just couldn't stop. You know, it's just so such an, uh, beautiful to express yourself with air and, and um, you know, it's a kind of a meditative exercise as well to to play the flute. So I knew I would never stop doing it, and it was, I, it became a dream of of mine to do it for a living. Mm. But that took a very long time because when I left school, um, I wanted to study music, but we didn't have money to go study. So the only way I could go study was to get a bursary, mm. and I was offered a bursary for to go study engineering. Because that's my my two talents are maths and music, and um, and so that the only way I could get to university was to study engineering, mm. which I did, and I also enjoyed, but it wasn't my passion, you know. Um, and then after university, I had to work back for the company, and then decided. Then I started a young family, um, and decided to become a full time musician, uh, and ran out of money very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I went back to engineering, and then after a couple of years, every couple of years I try and go back to music, and um, just financially wasn't able to to sustain it with with kids. Expense, you know, it's expensive to to bring up a family, and to look after a family. So it took me a very very long time, you know, um, to finally reach that spot where it became sustainable, and I was. You know, it became possible to to follow music as a uh, as a full time profession. I'm quite. I find it quite interesting that you say that your your other passion is maths and music is very metaphysical. Can can be very philosophical, but it is also very scientific. In yeah. particularly how you compose, how you you know. Operate particularly your instrument in terms of the science and the engineering and the mechanisms of it all. But it, it is quite interesting that you would find these two loves in music and with mathematics, with science. Yeah, uh, they often go hand in hand, um, and and the, the the two are kind of complementary. You know, the um, the kind of discipline that music teaches you is useful in all aspects of life. You know, for example, if you um, if you try and play a scale uh, and you just can't do it, or you try something and you know something on your instrument and you just can't do it, uh, you keep on practicing and eventually you can do it. And that cycle of not being able to do something, then practicing, working at it, and then being able to do it gets ingrained into your being. So when you then later in life get uh, confronted with hurdles um, in any other field of your life, mm. um, you know, you, you find it much easier to overcome because you're so used to it. Mm. You're so used to overcoming and fighting to, to, to clear hurdles. 
so I, I find I found that that just you know the music did help me. For example, in engineering, I I started my own engineering company at some stage, and and the, the music really helped me. And I I I believe that it's really powerful to for kids to learn music, even if they if they I mean um, they it teaches you so much more than just the music. Uh, about kids, you, you were quite instrumental in the discovery of the Nlovu Youth Choir. It was through you that you uh, recorded a cover of a Dolly Parton song. It was through that process that the scouts from America's Got Talent, you know, discovered yeah. the, uh, the this young group of, 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 of youngsters, of singers, spiriting them off to the United States and them essentially becoming a worldwide sensation. Just tell me that story. Yeah, that was actually such a—it's such a beautiful story to be part of. I'm so grateful to to have seen that. But yeah, um, uh, about two years ago, we were asked to do a corporate function, and um, uh, we were asked to join forces with a choir. And we um, some the choirs that we usually worked with were all busy, so we started looking for another choir. And Tulsi uh, Pillay, my manager, she found. Uh, the Nlovu Youth Choir from Mutsi, um, out, you know, like two hours outside of Johannesburg. And um, when we met them, we just fell in love with them. They, and we worked with them and it, they were just amazing. So I thought it would be good to do a collaboration with them and help them broadcast their talents to the world. So we did, it was actually an Ed Sheeran song, uh, Shape of Me. Ah, yes. Shape of, yes. Shape of You. Shape of You. Um, Shape of You that we did, uh, we did a cover of an African version of that song, and we put it out on YouTube and on Facebook, and it just went viral immediately with millions of views within weeks. Um, and then what happened was um, America's Got Talent got wind of this clip, and um, then approached Global Youth Choir and asked them to enter America's Got Talent, and that's that, and you know, and. Uh, the Global Youth Choir was so amazing. They, I mean, they were so organised, and they went all the way, and, and they just delivered um, day after day after day. And now they actually, as you say, they're a, they're a worldwide phenomenon. They incredibly successful, and it's just beautiful to see these kids from in the beginning when we met them. Um, I mean, it's the same kids; they had the same amount of talent, but they didn't have enough work, and it. Um, and to see them grow and and achieve so much is just beautiful. The the exposure to the world of entertainment, how show business works, is obviously priceless to these kids. And we can't discount how, what this process means and meant to them. But you'd get music snobs like me who would say, "Ah, reality TV shows dumb down music, and that it is all." produced for television and that shows like uh, what so you think you can sing and and idols it uh, uh, waters down what what music is about and then it's all about the entertainment and the show business part of that i want to know if you would um, agree with me in that respect in that uh, uh, yeah. reality tv and show business waters down you know what music is and finding but real interesting non-mainstream, you know, real powerful yeah. music and, and musicians. 
I do. I do think so. You know, I do think people watching these reality TV series, uh, aspiring musicians think uh, they don't see the work that needs mm. to go into it. They think you just get up on stage and you sing and it sounds beautiful and there you go. You know, you've got a career made. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's really, it's much deeper than that, you yeah. know. And as, as you say, there's actually so much depth in the kind of music that you can make and, and, and the philo- philo- philosophical and artistic depths that you could reach. Mm. Um, so it does kind of put it in a, in a smaller dimension, kind of, you know, um, so it limits, um, but, you know, it also, it's very, like for the Ndlovu um, Youth Choir, it's been mm. a huge, mm. huge boost, because now they can make their music, yeah. you know, they have the platform, this has helped them mm. to um, reach that level where they have the platform, and they can now make the music they would love to make, yeah. and, mm. um, and, and, to any depth they would like to 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 take it to, so and, um, and, and I fully know, appreciate the um, the the expertise. For example, um, of, of 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 a person like Simon Cowell, he, I, I I truly believe he he, put, he portrays the uh, the antagonist for the television, but I think he's yeah. he's highly talented in spotting raw talent i think uh, and and that is also the job of i guess producers people in the in, in the music industry music execs to hear something and within the first few bars think you know this is not only something that is sellable but i think also what some music that has soul and could move people that's right and he's uh, i he's quite you know he's quite open minded mm. yeah you know, he's not just limited to the uh, Kind of the very narrow framework of what would work in pop music. Mm. Uh, he's he's quite open-minded, and um, you know the, you get musicians that come through there that um, that quite different than than you would expect. <laughs> Welcome back. You are listening to Longer with Lester podcast series where we take the time to go a little bit more in depth with some interesting people in our country and around the the world, exploring what they do and how they see the world around them. Today we are talking to Vota Kellerman, a award-winning South African classically trained flautist, but also a world winner, world beater on the global stage, several South African Music Award uh, winners, winnings and trophies at home, statuettes, multi-nominated, and also one of the few South Africans to not only be nominated, but also to win a Grammy Award. Vota Kellerman joins me now again on Longer with Lester. You were speaking earlier about the importance of music education, and it's one of those subjects that unfortunately is becoming less and less um, prioritized within our education system, that along with drama, the uh, the arts um, just how critically important do you think that is not only for sustaining a, a music industry and arts industry in South Africa but also the general well-being of, of, our, of our communities I would hate to you know be walking down my street or, or past a school that uh, that I live very close by and not to hear you know the kids singing in what is clearly the music room I think our world is you know so much poorer if we don't have that yeah, 
No, absolutely. I think it's so important that kids um, do music and uh, get into culture. But as I said earlier, even to those skeptics who think that we can discount culture and that it's not important, the the, the skills that you learn in music, the mm-hmm. kind of perseverance, the focus, and the life lessons of you know um, clearing hurdles are so important that just for that reason, it's already abundantly clear that it's useful uh, and that every child should really have some music education and and play an, a musical instrument. I really I really believe that. What has the impact of lockdown and COVID-19 had on you? You can, of course, record music still at home. I, I assume you have a home studio, maybe some somewhere else where you go and record where you where you think about your music where you compose but then at the same time a lot of what musicians have to live by is not only how many downloads they are but also yep. how they tour how they perform um how exactly. has that impacted you oh it's been devastating for all for all musicians because you know um over the last decade, um, streaming and sale income, mm. uh, so the, the, the money that you make from sales has slowly dropped. So what we have, most of the musicians have done, or many musicians have done, is to change their model from uh, making an income from, through sales to making an income through performance. Mm. And I'm one of those musicians, so I've been performing more and more and more. Up to before COVID, 90% of my um, income came from performances. Mm. Um, And um, so for us, it's devastating because obviously we haven't earned a cent since March, you know. (laughs) So uh, it's pretty hard. But on the other hand, as you say, I'm I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got my studio set up at home and I've been super creative. I've actually worked really hard and created the whole brand new album. Uh, which we released and um, and you know it was an album that I've been meaning to do for many years and finally could could make it happen now so I've been and I've done a quite a lot of collaborations and put uh, songs out on YouTube um, many videos as well so socially distant music videos and uh, uh, so we've been very very busy um, but making very little money mm. <laughs> how old are your kids voter my kids are grown up already. Oh. Uh, you know, as I, as I mentioned, um, they I started young, and uh, and the, 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 when they actually when my daughter left for university, I mean left finished the university, and my son finished school. That's when I finally made my final uh, conversion to be a full time musician. And that time it's it stuck, you know. And so um, yeah, they they grown up already, which is. Um, so, so, so my question then was was going to relate to how do you then um, tell particularly young people, you know, I'm a Grammy award winning artist. <laughs> but when people think of Grammys, particularly younger people, they think of the Billie Eilishes of the world. They think of who else is the what other rappers are around. I, I'm, I'm so very out of touch with with contemporary pop music. But uh, do you, as a as a Grammy Award winning South African musician, do you feel sometimes a little bit hard done by by saying, you know what, I should be a little bit more well known, particularly with uh, with the South African public? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, we in a niche category, obviously, mm. um, 
and um, so we, uh, it's not in a pop category. Yeah. Um, and um, so you would expect, and as a flute player, you can never, you will never be as well known as a pop singer. And I'm actually grateful for that because I, I think fame is overrated. Mm. Uh, you know, I think the loss of privacy that goes hand in hand with um, being famous is not worth it. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't want to be a Billie Eilish or a, you know, um, so like a super famous person. So, uh, so when you're on, so when you're on the red carpet in Los Angeles for the Grammy Awards, and you see the the stars obviously peacocking there on the red carpet, and you and you quietly walk past, and um, in a little bit of obscurity, but after you win, and you're now go go down in the record, in in the history books as being a, a, a Grammy Award winner. Do I know you've been part of the of the establishment there for 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 years before? But yeah. do you, do you, do 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 people you know then are more likely to turn around and start greeting you, particularly post uh, Grammy Awards evening? Uh, yeah, in the Grammy community, you know, there's actually the kind of there's two award ceremonies um, at the Grammys because mm-hmm. there's 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 the one award ceremony which is the one everybody knows about where the you know the pop and the rap and you know best new artist and best album and those categories get but then there's the 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 other award ceremony where the most, in my eyes, the most important Grammys get um, awarded. Mm. So those are for for jazz, for world music, for classical music, for engineering, for production. Um, and um, in those, so that's a kind of a, a different a sort of um, environment and society. And in that society, people do people know you know i'm pretty well known in that yeah do you but, know, what, you know what's, what's quite fascinating is that jimmy carter bill clinton barack obama john f kennedy well all former american presidents are also all grammy award winners because yeah, done, for, for their spoken so, word albums yes yes exactly so um it's pretty amazing uh but yeah we i get to vote every year in the spoken word um really? category and uh, so I, I follow that and I follow. So uh, I think Barack Obama won his Grammy just before he came, like a year or so yes. before he became president. And um, as far as I know, Michelle Obama has now won one as well. That's right. So, That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, how, um, yeah. How, how much does a gong weigh? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Grammy? Yes. Uh, it, um it's not that heavy. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a few kilograms. <laughs> uh, you are going to have to send us a picture. Send us a picture of you, uh, you know, finally taking your Grammy out of its box. One that you uh, won in 2014 already. Send it to us so we can use it as the cover picture for uh, this yeah. podcast. Vota Kellerman, thanks so much. Really appreciate you spending time with us. All the best. I really hope you continue making great music and I hope you all the best and all the strength as we still continue to go through uh, this coronavirus lockdown. Thank you so much, Lester. So much fun talking to you. Really easy. <laughs> uh, appreciate it. <laughs>